0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. Flyers Daily for the second day of January 2024. Flyers Daily presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. Flyers back in action tonight. Uh, The latest game that they'll play the remainder of the season happens tonight. Nine o'clock Eastern as they take on the Edmonton Oilers for the second time this season. Let's preview the game. We're going to look at some end-of-year stats from the NHL which are going to include some pretty insane numbers from Connor McDavid. We're also going to look at the schedule in two months in particular in 2024 for the Flyers, the month of January and the month of March. Uh, But Edmonton coming into this game tonight, uh, they, they fired their coach a while back, Jay Woodcroft. Uh, They made the change behind the bench, and it seems to have helped. They're 7-3 in their last 10, and they're actually plus 13 in goal differential now. They've won five straight games. uh, through 34 games, a record of 18-15-1, 37 points, and are sitting right now in the fifth spot in the Pacific Division of the Western Conference. But they are on the move. Uh, Thankfully for Seattle, who's played four more games than them, Seattle's also won five straight games, including that 2-1 win over the Flyers and the Winter Classic as well. So, Flyers in Edmonton tonight. Since these last two teams uh, last met, uh, that was way back on, uh, let's see here, Thursday, October 19th. Now, they haven't played the same amount of games since they last met, uh, but the Flyers, since they played Edmonton, and that game against Edmonton was a 4-1 win for the Flyers, where they held Connor McDavid, I think just for the second time in two years, without a shot in the game. He ended up with an assist, but he did not end up with a shot on goal in that game. But since that game, Flyers have a record of 16-11-5, 97 goals for, 91 allowed. Uh, They've only scored 11 power play goals on 97 power play opportunities. The Edmonton Oilers, since that game against the Flyers, have a record of 17-12-1, 112 goals for, Huge number. 93 goals allowed, and they have scored 23 power play goals on 96 attempts. I mean, think about the difference there. Flyers with 97 attempts, only 11 goals. 96 attempts, more than double is what Edmonton has scored. And Edmonton is actually not in even in the top three of power plays in the NHL right now, which that may be the first time in the last three or four years that we've seen Edmonton outside of the top five. Uh, on the power play with a decent sample size. I mean, we're looking at 34 games for Edmonton at this point, and they're ranked seventh in the NHL, clicking at 25%. Now, that being said, going into the game tonight, don't put Edmonton on the power play. Let's not go down that road. And I get a feeling that McDavid's got a little bit of that Michael Jordan element in his head where he remembers that 4-1 loss in Philadelphia way back in early October and remembers that he didn't have a shot on goal in that game and probably uses that as motivation uh, for a game like tonight. And the, frankly, the Flyers, right now, in a position, they got three out of the first four points on this road trip. Uh, they get the two points in Vancouver, really good win in Vancouver, four to one. They end up losing in overtime to Seattle, and then the game against Calgary where a really difficult schedule spot for the Flyers, three games in four days, and Calgary hadn't played since Wednesday. They come out of that game uh, with a 4-3 defeat. Um, So this is an important game to wrap up this road trip, because i got to tell you, I don't think that the game on Thursday is a good spot for the Flyers either, even though it's against the team that's sitting in the eighth spot in the Metropolitan Division, and here's why. Coming back from this trip, First of all, the Flyers won't be able to come back and get a practice in before the game on Thursday. They don't have that extra buffer day. Usually when you come out of your own, out of a trip out of time zone, you get two days between games. You have the day to, to get back, get traveled, and rest up, and then another day to practice, and then the next day is the game. That's not the way this one's playing out. Flyers are going to get home on Wednesday. They play tonight, late night, so they'll wrap up around midnight, Eastern they'll stay in Edmonton, and then they'll travel all day Wednesday, come back, and then they have a game on Thursday night. It's a really difficult spot, but there's nothing you can do about it. I talked to John Tortorella yesterday uh, for Hockey and Hounds, and uh, as Torts mentioned, he is not in the business of making or allowing excuses. The schedule is what the schedule is. It's unfortunate. I, I think Torts is seeing some slippage in some areas of the Flyers games, and Look, good on them. Over the last couple weeks, there's been that slippage there, but they've found a way to accumulate points in the standings. But when that slippage happens for a team and a coach recognizes it, the coach wants to get his team on the practice ice to reinforce some habits, reinforce some structure, and get back to some of those elements. The fact of the matter is, Flyers don't have time to practice. They don't. So much of the season uh, at this point in the year for a team like the Flyers and many of the teams – is managing their energy to maximize what they can give you when it matters, when the games take place. The the Flyers right now simply don't have open times to practice. When I look at the schedule ahead this week, the game tonight in Edmonton, 9 o'clock, travel day on Wednesday. It's a pretty, probably a a three-and-a-half, four-hour flight to come back to Philadelphia from Edmonton. Then Thursday, it's Wells Fargo Center. 7 o'clock game against Columbus. They'll get a practice in on Friday, and then they'll play on Saturday in the afternoon, 1 o'clock game, uh, mandatory NHLPA day off on Sunday. Then you play Pittsburgh on Monday. So that's basically the next week. You've got one practice in there, and they haven't really been able to practice over the holiday break, obviously, and then once they've gotten back, they got a little bit of a skate-in when they got to Vancouver. So there's just not a lot of time for it. And when you look at the month of January... Let's look at January in particular. The January hockey, the 2024 hockey, will kick off tonight, January 2nd. The month of January hockey for the Flyers will end on the 27th. So that's, what, 25 days. In those 25 days, the Flyers will have 14—it's actually 26 days. They will have 14 games in 26 days, nine of them home of the 14, um, and two back-to-backs. They have two days rest, I think, one time in the calendar month. 14 games in 26 days. It's a lot of hockey. Then you have the All-Star break after that, which is good. That, that's a good time. And and look, when they come back after the All-Star break, they, they basically play every other day in the month of February. The 6th, the 8th, the 10th, the 12th, the 15th, two days off there. 17th, 21st, two days off. 24th, another two-day break. But then they play the 24th and 25th and 27th, so three and four. And then you get to the month of March, which is going to be, probably their busiest month of the year. In the calendar month of March, from March 1st to yours truly's 52nd birthday on March 30th, 30 30 days, 15 games. So it breaks down to being a game every other day because there's only one back-to-back. In those 30 days, seven home games of the 15, eight road games. And not to mention the fact that the NHL trade deadline's mixed in there as well. So there's just not a lot of time to practice. But again, in talking to Torch yesterday for Hockey and Hounds, not in the business of of allowing excuses like the schedule to get in the way. And this is going to be a period of time without a lot of practice with games that mean an absolute ton to find out a lot about your team. They've put themselves with the the record they have so far this year. The record, 36 games played, 19, 12, and 5. They're in the third spot in the Metro. They're plus 10 in goal differential. They've lost their last two, 5, 2, and 3 in their last 10. They've been good on the road, 11, 5, and 4. Need to be better at home where they're 8, 7, and 1. And they need to – they've put themselves in the position where these games really mean a ton. When you look at the second spot, in the Metropolitan Division, that's the Carolina Hurricanes, who are one point up on the Flyers, but have played one more game. So the Flyers have a game in hand. 44 points for the Canes. The seventh spot in the division is the Pittsburgh Penguins, who've played 35 games, won less than the Flyers, and they've got 40 points. So there are four points separating the second spot and the seventh spot. That is incredible. The Devils are sitting there tied with the Penguins, 40 points. The Capitals? are tied with the Penguins and the Devils with 40 points, but have played one less game. The Islanders and Flyers each have 43 in 36 games. And like I mentioned, Carolina's got uh, 44 points in 37 games. This is the meaningful hockey where you can find out a lot of character information about your players. Last year, we saw some players have a really good second half. Morgan Frost, Owen Tippett, uh, Noah Cates. And others had a really good second half. Those games didn't mean a whole heck of a lot. They weren't in a situation in the standings like this. A couple of losses in a row, you go. your scoring dries up or your playmaking dries up or you make some mistakes that cost you, and that can slip you from the second spot in the division to the seventh spot like that. So quickly. These games mean an absolute ton and how the players and in particular the younger players, react. You can't just rely on Sean Couturier and Travis Konechny to pull you out night in and night out. Other players have to get in and pull on the rope and contribute as well. Veteran players do it also. Cam Atkinson's gone 21 games without a goal. He's got 62 shots on goal without scoring one. I guarantee that's the longest streak of his NHL career, 62 shots without scoring a goal and 21 games. It's it look the other thing too. There's guys down in Lehigh Valley that are pushing. Guys like Samu Tamala is having a very good year. We've seen Ole Lixell be called up. We could see other guys, we could see guys on the blue line get called up. And how players react in this in this situation with so much meaning to every game and every standings point and how they react to it is going to be very, very telling. And then you're going to couple that Torts actually brought this up for hockey and hounds as well with the distraction that comes with the trade deadline, you know, guys, names start getting out there. How do they react to that? You know, you, you want to be a player or a team or a group in the locker room and the coaching staff that just stays focused on what you can control, but Those are real-world human things that players have to deal with. You could be traded at the drop of a dime. You could be packing your bags to go on a road trip to uh, Boston, but then find out that you've been traded to Minnesota. (laughs) Suddenly what you packed for Boston isn't what you need for Minnesota, and your whole life gets rooted upside down. How they're going to react to all of this is going to be incredibly, incredibly telling. And we're going to learn a lot about players in stressful situations. Competitive, stressful sport. That's when you can learn the most. That's the best part of the first 36 games of this year. Is that the team has performed well enough to to, to kind of set the table for these games that mean so much over the next couple of months. Whether they make the playoffs or they don't, we're going to find out some really, really Solid, informed information on not just young players. I think a big part of it's too trying to see how Cam Atkinson rides this out, and you know that could affect the decision they make on Cam Atkinson in an off season um, to see how he, in total, gets through the 82 games this year. There's a lot of elements at play here. It's not just the surfacey uh, elements that you that you can look at. It's how players are going to react in this very high stress environment of sport and how they handle it. Who rises above it, who buckles under the pressure? Because well we all know that there's some players that live for moments like this and games that have meaning like this and there's others, it just it, 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 it just eats them up. We'll see who those players are on both sides of that ledger. and who's in between. Who needs to do more? Who needs to be more consistent? This is a great, great situation that the Flyers are in as we begin the calendar month of uh, January in 2024 and what is sure to be a, a pretty chaotic year. Now, as promised, um, the NHL sent out their stats for the calendar year 2023. Scoring in the NHL in the calendar year, January 1st, 2023 to December 31st, scoring rate in the NHL was an average of 63 goals per game. Now that's consecutive calendar years where they've been at 6.3 or higher for the first time in three decades. It was 6.3 in 2023, 6.4 in 2022. So three straight years. That's uh, 574 comeback wins happened in the NHL, including 228 third period comeback wins. That's a huge number. That, that's an unbelievable number. That made 2023 one of the most edge-of-your-seat years in the NHL to date. All right, let's give you two numbers here as well. tricks: There was 100-plus tricks in the calendar year of 2022 and 2023. First time in 30 years. That's, that's incredible. Comeback wins. 41% of all games in the calendar year 2023 were comeback wins. Top four rate in NHL history. That's incredible. You got to be a team that can come from behind and snatch the two points. One of the guys that we'll see tonight, we know McDavid puts up otherworldly numbers. He paced the NHL with 149 total points in 2023, 129 regular season points, plus 20 more in the playoffs. And he became the fifth player in NHL league history to finish as the outright leader in goals, assists, and points during a single season and match the NHL record uh, by claiming four individual awards in one campaign. McDavid became the first player since Gretzky to finish with the most total points in three straight calendar years. Now, he's done it in three straight calendar years. Gretzky did it in eight. (laughs) That's how absurd that number is. Esposito did it in six. Guy Lafleur did it in five. Gordie Howe did it in four from 1950 to 53. And McDavid did it from uh, 2021 to 2023. Look, I have a sneaking suspicion that McDavid probably next year is going to make it to four. We'll see if he makes it to eight. Gretzky did it from 1980 to 1987, where he most calendar years as the points leader in the NHL. So... We're, we'll see somebody special tonight, and the Flyers held McDavid uh, to uh, no shots on goal in that last game uh, back in October when the Flyers won that game 4-1 to at Wells Fargo Center October 19th. We'll see if they can duplicate the win and the four-game road trip on a really good note tonight as Carter Hart returns home to Sherwood Park, Alberta, and face the team uh, that he rooted for as a kid growing up in that Edmonton suburban area. So Flyers, Oilers tonight, we'll break it down tomorrow. Join us then on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily.